Hi, everybody. Welcome to School Psych Podcast. We're super excited to be back here um, for the start of the school year. Tonight, we're going to be talking about some back-to-school issues. Um, we're going to start off with sharing a little bit about our summers and how that went and how everybody's kind of transitioning back to work. We're going to talk about kind of that back-to-school experience, what some maybe some tips for starting a new job, starting a new school, just getting back into the, the groove of things. And then we have a special guest later tonight to tell us a little bit about um, her experience with going back to school. So we're excited for that. Um, before we get started, really, I wanted to, um, because we have so had some audio-visual difficulties in the past, if anyone is watching and able to hear and see us, we definitely want that confirmation. So um, well, we're going to ask you to maybe comment in and tell us that we're good or we're not good, and we'll try and make adjustments um, as that happens. And Rebecca will, when, she, when we get to her, tell us a little bit more about how you can comment in and do that if you're not familiar with that. But um, so now that you guys know our topics, um, also, you know, feel free to chime in at any time during the broadcast and share your experiences. Even if we're not onto that topic yet, we want you posting and interacting with us, and that would really be awesome and make it more fun. Um, so we're going to start with just talking a little bit about how each of our summers went, and we want to hear how your summer went and, and your transition back to school. So, Rebecca, you want to start us off? Sure. So I just want to reiterate how to comment and how to contribute ideas and questions and whatever's on your mind tonight. You can go on Facebook to either the School Psyched podcast page um, and comment under Ryan, our, our meme for this evening, <laughs> our muse, or um, under the School Psyched, your school psychologist page, also under Ryan. Just comment there. I will be looking for it. Or on Twitter using the hashtag Psyched Podcast. So I'll be looking at those three pages um, tonight for your comments and questions and contributions. And we look forward to sharing uh, how your back-to-school transition has been. Um, and so I guess, should I just start off about my summer? Is that yeah. it? Yeah, go for yeah. it. Back well, to college, right? Yes, I, I, had, I spent most of the early summer, like, Lamenting and <laughs> lamenting already that my daughter was leaving at the at the end of August for college. My oldest of four, and um, so it was. I knew it would be big for me. She was, of course, very very excited, and we're so happy for her. She's really happy. But it was a really emotional and um, you know just a really emotional experience. And so I dropped her off on August twenty first. And we moved her into the room, and it was really exciting. And the, the soccer team helped us <laughs> unpack our car and <laughs> load it into her room. And we decorated it so it's adorable. She put all her collage um, pictures on the wall, and we got this cute little shaggy rug from Target. And her room is beautiful, so I felt really good about that. And we spent um, a night there, so two days and a night, my husband and I. Um, not that she really wanted to hang out with us, but <laughs> we, we had meals with her, and I met her roommate's parents, who are awesome, which makes me feel so... Her roommate's awesome, too, but the roommate's parents are really, really great. We had a good time with them. And then it came to, like, the second afternoon where really my husband and I needed to get home, and it was really hard. I wanted to stay. <laughs> so um, I was sort of sad for a couple of weeks, about a week and a half, but then I went right back to work. And, you know, last week was my full uh, week, first full week at work with faculty. So it was even better than ever in that sense because I was really 
just engaged and enthusiastic, and it took my mind off missing my girl. So it was good. And and I did also do a lot of reading this summer for work, which was wonderful. Um, I read a, a book on motivational interviewing that was really interesting, made me want to learn more about that. If there's ever any workshops locally, I'd love to learn more about motivational interviewing with kids. It seems like a really great fit for teenagers especially. I did I read some fiction. I had a really good summer. We were mostly home, did a little little bit of traveling with my four kids and my husband, but I mean local, like we went to Vermont and did um ATVs. Um yeah, that was how it was a really good summer mostly. Uh, and I'm feeling a little bit better about my daughter. She's so far having a, a great semester. So that was me. How about you, Anna? How was your summer? It was pretty good. Um, not super exciting. I did do some work this summer. We, you know, where I work, we're in special ed, so you can choose to work six full weeks of summer school, ESY, whatever you want to call it, ESYP, or you can do evals, uh, re-evaluations for kids, so I tested a few kids. So I got to, like, bust out all the test kits, because, you know, after a year, the test kits expire, and you, you can't use the, the WJ3 anymore, you know, best practices to switch over to the four, so I helped get all the fours out and, and labels and stuff and got to play around with the four. So that was kind of fun and nerdy, nerding out. Um, but Rachel, can we, we have a little, can we have a little bump shot? Tell us about your summer. Okay, one of the things that I've been yeah, working on this summer is yeah, right here. <laughs> so, oh, that is so sweet. Yeah, so, <laughs> so that'll be happening um, the end of September. So really soon, a little bit, a little bit, that that's all process. This will be my second one, so I already know what I'm in for, and <laughs> I know it's no walk in the park. So just kind of preparing for that. I also moved from Texas, as if you guys watched, you know, the last podcast. Um, I was in Texas. So I spent a year there. Um, wasn't really a good fit for me and my family. <laughs> um, wasn't super pleased just with some of the stuff um, within the school system that I saw going on around me. So um, have relocated. Now I'm in Maryland. Uh, been working here so that whole relocation was just kind of a frenzy and um, you know moving is always a fun thing <laughs> but I'm definitely loving my new district uh, here I'm, I'm a 12-month employee now so I came and I got started at the start of August officially and kids now have been back for two weeks now. So I'm getting into the groove. I've already got some evals going. I've got some re-evals open. I'm doing some counseling. Um, so really liking it, really like the district. Um, it's a district that's very supportive of psychologists. There's a lot of them. There's 70 on staff. Um, yeah, so it's, it's good stuff. Anna, did you have a question? Yeah, I want to ask you a question. So um, I want, I want, we're going to talk about tips for starting out in a new district. And Rachel, you are like the champion of this because you have had a lot of different experiences and you've moved from state to state. And, you know, it sounds like you're in a good state right now. So I was wondering if you could share any tips based on your experience. So just um, like of moving to a new place type of thing? Yeah, starting out in a new place, starting out in a new position, new school. Any tips yeah. for new yes. districts? because I'm sure there's lots of people out there who are starting something new. Mm -hmm. I definitely think that um, I myself am a little bit reserved, especially with new people who I have uh, just met, but I find that you have to kind of force yourself to get out there and go to 
the staffed get-togethers and the happy hours and the potlucks and walk around the school and meet the teachers and make yourself visible and make yourself accessible because otherwise people won't come to you. Uh, first impressions are really important so you don't want to be the psych that sits in their office just typing reports all day, although you might have to do that at certain times. Um, it's good to get yourself out there and do some observations and, and be interacting with teachers just because um, if they don't like you, you're going to have a hard time. I've been in schools where um, they love me and everything is great and then um, I've got another school a couple miles down the road that not so much. <laughs> so um, just making an effort to make those connections with the teachers, make those connections with administration, being sure you know um, what the expectations are and um, what principals like. You've got to keep your principals happy for sure. <laughs> that would be kind of my um, advice for starting new that and just asking lots of questions as questions come up I've just got like a running log of how do you do this here how do you do this here what if, what is practice here for here was the procedure here um, and then just asking you know various people and trying to figure out answers and hitting the ground running making sure all your tech accounts are good and up to speed and all that stuff, but I know we'll talk a little bit more about that in a little bit, so um, I won't go too far into, you know, organization and stuff like that. But. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. So um, I'm going to jump right into our poll. We have a poll on our event page about summer. So you know, we're all starting starting back to school or about to start back to school in the world. So, um, what's your summer like? Is what I kind of, what we kind of ask our viewers and our, our psychs out there. You know, do you work 10 months? Do you work 12 months? We only had two people who said they work 12 months. Rachel, you, and someone else is my Facebook friend who's not a school psychologist. <laughs> so okay, so you were you were really the only psych um, <laughs> who said that they work 12 months, which I thought was interesting. You know, and then we had about I think 14 people who work for 10 months, and then about six people who work mandatory days in the summer. And I do know a lot of people in my county who work some summer days. Um, and Rebecca, you were one of the people who's off for two months. Yeah. So like it's all a different experience, you know, depending on how far, how long you've been away, getting back into the swing of things, you know. And for me personally, like the hardest part of getting back in the swing of things, like after being off for most of two months, is getting back to working with people who don't like me. <laughs> so like. So it's back to that first impression thing that you said, Rachel, right? Like I, I'm returning to a position and things are good and I work hard and I focus on the kids and I'm really trying to do my best. But that first impression, it didn't go perfectly with a couple of people and boy, I know they still, there's my cat. Um, <laughs> I know they still don't like me. So um, making that effort is really, really key. Love the cat. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, it's hard for me to believe, though, that that somebody doesn't like you, Anna, but I, I can relate to that because I'm only in my second year in my current position, and um, I remember that feeling of wanting, well, I still, ha I still have, I don't have to remember it, it's still with me, that I really want to be helpful, and um, I really want to work with teachers, and I want to collaborate with them, and not only help them, but of course help the students, so finding that that line between what I think will help the student and and then what I know the teacher will perceive as helpful is really tricky and I'm, I'm always kind of walking that balance because teachers sometimes you know they perceive um, 
an attempt to make a difference as, oh, this is just more work for me, and, you know, either you do it or I don't want to hear about it. And, you know, sometimes that happens. So I feel that for sure. But um, I'm really lucky. I'm in a much smaller school, so I have a little bit more, you know, wiggle room for things like that. And last year, I ended up actually w working a lot when I felt that teacher resistance. I, I ended up working a lot with kids individually, which I loved. But that does um, that does now that experience of last year contributes to one of my goals for this year, which is to try to be more efficient with my time and therefore collaborate more sort of on a, you know, level one or two, um, you know, scope with teachers rather than, you know, working with a child um, directly if the issue maybe, you know, can be resolved in a more time efficient way. So that's definitely like my, my very first goal for the year is to um, figure out ways to help teachers understand that I am so on their team. I love teachers. I've always loved teachers. I started out as a teacher, and my intention is never to say, here's what you should do, go, and, you know, hand them a pile of, you know, research and data and whatever and say, go for it. I really want to be helpful. So um, that's both my, like, big challenge for and fear for this school year, but also my goal. How about you, Rachel? You you have a taste of this new district, and what's your sense, and how are you doing? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I really like it. It's a, a district. I've historically worked in districts that, because of state funding, um, can't do all that they really need to be doing for students. Um, I think that that's kind of the state across the country <laughs> right now for educational a lot of um, a lot of states are struggling with funding and budgets and things like that so I was in North Carolina and then to Texas and I saw that both places um, so sometimes it comes down to state funding and then also um, just the organizational structure of the school and whatnot um, can be in the district um, isn't always set up as well as it should be. But this new district that I'm in, one, they have the funding. I've got my two iPads <laughs> for my WISC. I've got, you know, all, all this online scoring, all these trainings. I mean, they're really well supported by the district. Um, the district's really well organized, and I'm just, I'm, I'm very impressed so far. Um, so I'm, I'm really pleased. Um, when I first was hired, it was for a 210-day position, which is, I think, like an extra two weeks beyond what the teachers typically work, which I've done before, and I think that's good to help set up and get acclimated and um, get things organized. Um, so I was hired, I moved, and then after I moved, heard, oh, we switched all the school psychologists to 12-month positions. Um, and at first I was like, ooh, <laughs> thanks for telling me that after I moved, like, that maybe that might have made a difference. Um, in taking the job or not, but I've been assured that really it's uh, kind of for the best. Uh, this district gives you five weeks of vacation time to use as you please, and most of the psychs, I guess, take that over the summer, so you kind of build in your own summer break um, based on that, and you still get, you know, off time. So there's a couple, like my husband is a teacher, so there'll be a couple days um, around Christmas and whatnot that I would be obligated to work, but he would be off as a teacher which would be a little bit different, but I'm probably going to use some of my, my vacation time around that. So um, I'm excited to see how this 12-month thing goes. I think that it, it might be good. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that um, most of us, what whatever our schedules are, I mean, I, I technically I don't have to go into the school or into my office in the summer, but I I work a lot on being my best in the summer when I have that um, concentrated time to to read and um, do professional development and do whatever I can because. Um, it's just hard during the school year. And uh, one other thing that I wanted to mention that I've been posting a little bit about on my page is that over the summer I did the crisis text line training, uh, which was so great. And I recommend it to all the school sites out there. Crisis text line is a, um, is an organization uh, founded by um, the woman that started do something.org and she she just created this amazing resource for anyone really but a lot of teenagers call in and it's they, they text in 741741 and whatever's on their mind they can talk to a counselor about and the counselors that apply um, there there's a, a 30 hour training that you go through and the training was excellent I feel like I learned a lot even though I felt when I applied that this is my skill set you know I, I'm I'm good for this I, I didn't wasn't you know uh, feeling that I um, maybe you know wouldn't be able to to rise to the challenge but I learned a lot from the training and it's very every week I log on once you get the training and um, and our crisis counselor, you ha you have to agree to a four hour a week uh, volunteer shift once a week, um, and it's just wonder. I feel so good about it. I encourage you guys all to look into it. CrisisTextLine.org. Crisis yeah, I've totally given that number out to some of my high school kids okay. last year, and they've told me that they're far more comfortable texting than they would be to call a hotline. Um, high school kids nowadays don't like to talk on the phone, they just like to text, so I think it's a really good uh, modality for them to get help when they need it. So we're going to talk a little bit about new test kits because that's like the new thing in the past year. A whole bunch of test kits have rolled out and it's been totally overwhelming for where I work because there's just so many boxes coming in and we have to organize them all. we got the new KTAAs that have rolled out and there's tons of new scoring and different software and different logins and then login passwords change and there's just this whole drama. But anyway, so um, there's growing pains with new test kits and I'm really jealous, Rachel that you have the iPad and the interactive. Yes. Um. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't used it yet. I haven't had a, a student yet to use it on. I've been using the DOS because I've had some referrals of language concerns and whatnot, and I like that special oh, yeah. nonverbal composite and all that good stuff. Um, so I have not used it. I've been through training on it, and I've fiddled around with it. Um, so I think there's some things that everyone's going to kind of have to get used to. And if you're watching this and you have been using it, please, like, chime in and tell us what you think. Um, but when I was in grad school, we had um, a professor who she likened um, giving a test to. She was like, it's not a difficult thing. It's just a matter of doing a lot of little things all at the same time. Yeah. And that's kind of what I think that giving a test is like, because you're, you're timing, <laughs> you're writing down behavior observations, you're scoring, you're you know, listening to the response, you're, you're watching what's going on. Um, so you're doing a lot of little things. And it isn't until you get really proficient with that test that you get that automaticity that is kind of second nature. And I know the questions that I'm asking, and I know what I'm looking for and I know what shorthand I'm using when the kids not paying attention and things like that um, so having an iPad is a little bit different 
and it's going to take, I think, some just some practice and some time for us to all kind of get used to that, especially toggling back and forth between, I'm the type that writes all over my protocols, I'd be like, you know, child's doing this, attention, no, <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I scribble everywhere, mm -hmm. and so this has an option for you to take notes, um, but you're using, you know, the stylus pen, and it's just, it's just different. So it's, it's going to take some practice. Um, it does have some really cool features that I thought were um, interesting. For example, when you're doing like, um, like a similarities or a vocab, um, where the child is giving you answers, it's automatically recording you and the child. So this little light goes on and it's red and you know that because you're, you know, you clicked to give the item, um, it's recording. So you can go back and listen to what the child said to help with scoring later on. Mm -hmm. um, from my understanding, that doesn't get stored in the long range, you know, after you've finished, you know, scoring everything. That kind of gets deleted and it doesn't stay in the student's file. But it's it's kind of interesting that yeah you've got it's recording you <laughs> so you can go and look back at that and when I was trained they said that you know that's kind of likened to a personal note and so that's okay to be deleted but if you were to say take that recording over to the speech path and say can you listen to how this kid says they're ours you know you've shared that information with the speech path and now that should really become part of the student's record so I'm not sure about how to <laughs> keep that in the record if that's the case and so that's just something to think about um, I, I do like it as far as like block design I'm usually like trying to kind of scribble in what their answers you know when you're coloring that in on the protocol and this you just are tapping and it gives you different options um, so that'll be faster um, I'm trying to think what else I was impressed by. One of the trainer that I, it was an in-district tra in training, so it wasn't done by, you know, WISP themselves. But she did mention, um, you know, there, uh, as far, I had asked, was it standardized on the iPad? Is there a standardized uh, group for that administration? And it seems that they did not do that, but they did, like, equivalency um, statistics to make sure that it, uh, correlates with um, the protocol. Oh, the protocol. Rebecca. <laughs> sure that it correlates and um, is still accurate when you're using the iPad, and so everything's checked out with that. They have not yet rolled out the coding and symbol search uh, options for the iPad, from my understanding. Um, and the trainer mentioned that you would still need to use a protocol she thinks for um, was coding and this is something that I didn't know about the whisk and I guess maybe I've been doing it wrong <laughs> with, the, with, the, with, the, with the whisk for but she said that and if, if this is wrong let me know but I'm assuming that she knows what she's talking about she said that if you're giving the whisk to a left-handed student that the whisk requires that that coding you know that um, key be in their right visual field. And if you're giving it to a left-handed person, they're holding it over here, it's not in their right visual field. So you actually have to fold that down and put a different protocol up in their right visual field. And so she was thinking that even if it does get rolled out on iPad, you would still need to have a protocol up in their right visual field. I didn't know that at all. I don't know, did you guys know that? No. Okay. I don't I missed that because she just rejoined us. So that's yes, I'm sorry. I'm refreshing, you know, all the pages, and I accidentally refreshed this. Uh, that's okay. really fine. And you know, while we're, I mean, 
Prescott will always be talking about them, right? But we just got the APAS-3 that just came out and coming in soon, should be rolled out very, very soon, is the BASC-3. It's oh. coming. And I hear that, oh, <laughs> I hear that the BASC-3 is going to be online. There's going to be an online option where the teacher just gets like an email or something and they click through, right, and we get the scores, we log on or whatever, and it's like payroll-less. I've been having that with the BASC-2. Uh -oh. I, have, I have that option with the Basque too in my district, and it is so good. <laughs> I love it. Tell um, us again. <laughs> I mean, you just, um, it lets you generate an email, and it'll be like, oh, you know, dear Mrs. So-and-so, can you fill, please fill this out, and you can tweak the email, click on this link, and the teacher just go through, goes through and fills, fills it out online. Wow. And it's just really handy because you don't, one, you don't have to, be there to physically give the teacher the protocol. So if I need to get a BASC to a teacher and I'm not at that school right now, I can email it. Um, two, you don't need to physically collect the protocol. <laughs> same, same issue. Um, you get an email that says, hey, the teacher's done filling this out. Um, and three, you don't have to score it. No more like typing it in or, God forbid, hand scoring because that was always <laughs> fun. Um, so it's, it just it gives you a printout uh, of the of the score report. It's really, really that cool. Wow, yeah. Very cool. Uh, I just okay, said, so I want to move on. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> um, uh, we have um, new, new Year is our theme today, um, so we want any New Year tips that you guys have to share with others. Rachel already kind of got started as far as putting yourself out there, right? My recommendation would be like join one committee, put yourself out there, don't join ten committees. Don't agree to do more than you can do because then you're not going to have a good reputation. Um, and also, get organized. That's my um, beginning of the year tip, is reviewing the students' records, time-consuming, making copies of their most recent psychological eval, and getting your documentation down so you can document those counseling sessions. My beginning of the year, my, my job is a lot of IEP-driven counseling, where I'm um, doing like one time study group, one time study individual, and tracking goals and the student's IEP and logging it on IEP direct and all that jazz. So getting all that stuff lined up is really is really time-consuming, and making sure that you document it right and log it right is hard. So what are your beginning-of-the-year tips for people, ladies? Well, I, I just want to jump in and say um, I think that's a great tip, and it's my goal as well. And on School Psych to Your School Psychologist, I shared this, this form that I made up to try to um, get from other school psychs. Um, comments and suggestions, and it got a. It, we had a great conversation about it. A lot of um, school sites seem to be using Google Forms and Google um, and the Google Drive for progress monitoring. So if you if you guys go to school site your school psychologist and look under photos, um, it's like in the third uh, row down. Whoops, I went to the wrong place. It, um, Actually, no. The fourth row down, I have a picture of a form that I use to try to um, to try to uh, collect information on school, um, on teacher referrals or parent refer or any kind of referrals. And so, what I want to monitor is um, who referred the child, uh, what kinds of communications I've had. Did I email? Did I call? Did I consult? Is there an idea or an intervention? Like, what is the referral question, basically? And then, what kind of concern it is? I, I uh, thought of it as, you know, a tiered kind of data tracking form. So, um, in my post, uh, I got a lot of great 
um, suggestions from people, but most of them were based around um, Google Drive. And I wonder what you guys do to progress monitor, because what I wanted was just a form from referral to intervention to is this working to, like, you know, I, I wanted one quick, easy way to know who did what, what's going on, and is it working? And so I want to see all of that in a quick way rather than look through pages and pages of my um, file. What do you guys do for that kind of thing? Um, I, I have, um, I usually use Excel to kind of keep track and have just various headings. And then I also, I like having the physical folder. So if I'm getting, you know, a kid that I know is going through the intervention process, I'm going to start a folder for them. And I know just out of habit where I'm writing um, different bits of information. I know that in the left-hand corner I'm going to put the teacher's name and the grade and the case manager is going to go over here and um, my, you know, if I'm talking to the parent that's going to be the inside of the folder and so I just kind of have a strange um, organization scheme but it works for me because I just know that I, I always do it the same way so I'm able to pull up any of my folders and open it up and say oh yeah I did talk to the parent on this date and they're like oh no or no I didn't talk to the parent yet you know because I would put it right here and it's not there <laughs> so. um, I have a I, a different situation because I, I work in special ed, so the kids are already identified and there's no timeline, really. I mean, it's, it's you know, 10 months, pretty much. Um, so I, I don't have exactly what, what you describe, unfortunately, but we have a resources drive um, that we've shared on um, School's like Podcasts page. Um, you guys should check out because we have tons of different documents on there. And on there, I'm adding a contact log, um, which um, my screen share is not currently working, unfortunately. Um, Nothing's happening when I click on it, so I can't show it to you. But I I keep contact of everything that um it's un oh it's under Impressum, <laughs> the um the Impressum part of the school site pod podcast page. So I um I have a calendar on my monthly contact log, and I have every month printed up, and I put the kids' IEP goal right there on there, and then I take notes as we go along, and I jot down telephone call here or whatever happened there, and um that way. You can keep track of when you call the parent and when you um, had counseling with the kid and all those important things that you have to keep track of all in one place. So I have that that I'm sharing on our drive. Awesome. I'm going to download that. <laughs> Very good. Um, well, let's see. I, I, I jotted down a couple of things that I do for organization for myself um, before the year gets going. And that's just, you know, things like, you know, printing off my counseling file, so printing off the goals, printing off whatever relevant information, the behavior plan, anything that I need to know and have ready, readily accessible on the student, um, writing down, you know, who the teacher is, who the case manager is, when their lunch is, recess, specials, so I can start to construct that schedule. Um, I do email teachers and say, hey, you know, I need to see this student weekly for counseling for this many minutes. It's on their IEP. You know, I don't, I don't want to give the teachers the impression that they, um, I mean, they have a say in when I try and schedule around the, the teachers' schedules, and I don't want the students to be missing something important that they need to be in there for, but I do kind of stress to the teachers that it's part of their IP, and they do need to get pulled at sometimes. Sometimes, you know, you have teachers that don't want to let the students go, and it's like, well, if you feel that way, then you need to go into an IEP meeting, and you just say that you don't think the counseling is is something that they 
would be benefiting from, um, but they need to be in the classroom more. So um, I do try and set that up, try and make my counseling schedule so that things are kind of consistent and the teachers and students know when I'm pulling them, um, reviewing files just for reavals. And that's why it's important when you get to a new district, learning your database systems, you know, signing in and logging in and being able to generate those reports that'll say, okay, for this school year, these are all the kids that are coming up for reavow and getting a head start on that by reviewing the files and kind of getting an idea of, hmm, maybe this one's going to need some testing or maybe this one's good. Um, so, and then putting meetings on calendars. I've got my whole, you know, psych meeting schedule planned out for the whole year on my Outlook calendar that I use. And then also um, kind of buddying up with anybody in the school. I've, um, I've got a really awesome uh, school counselor that um, I'm working with at one of my schools right now. And I noticed that some of my kids that I'm seeing at presently for individual counseling um, would benefit from some groups. And she runs some lunch bunches. And so I said, okay, well, what if we co-lead some of these groups and I come in and we can you know, all work together, and she's been really receptive to that. So, like, buddying up with somebody maybe who's been there and um, can help you out and, you know, tag team a little bit. So. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so, yes? yes. I'm just going to go grab them. Our special guest. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited for this class. <laughs> so she's been like asking every second. Is it her time yet? Okay. And uh, but it's her time. She's second. Okay. So we've been doing this podcast for a couple months now, and this young lady is sometimes in the background and is always wanting to be on air and on screen. So she asked if she could be on the podcast, and my lovely ladies, Rachel and Rebecca, agreed that she could. Be interviewed briefly. Oh, <laughs> um, I'm so excited to meet you. Arabelle, going with the back to school theme. She just went back to school, second grade. Um, she's had two days of it so far. So, Arabelle. So, Arabelle, um, my question to you is well, first of all, how were your first two days of second grade? They were great. They were great. That's so good to hear. What was your favorite thing about the first two days of back to school? Hmm. That's a hard question, right? Especially when they were great. It's my friend from last year. Ah, friends are really important. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, Arabelle, I want to um, just ask you. Uh, to tell us a little bit about yourself. So, um, you know, you're in second grade. How old are you? I'm seven. <laughs> Very cool. Um, do you have any uh, favorite kind of back-to-school memories or anything? Um, is this the best school year so far? <laughs> yeah. Yeah? Why is it, why is it the best? Because I think it's super nice. I like to hear that. <laughs> yeah, super nice is important in a teacher. I like to hear that too. Um, so, so Arabelle, I'm wondering, what's your favorite part of school in general? 
making new friends. Your social butterfly. <laughs> what about your least favorite part of school? Not seeing parents. Aww. Yeah, that's hard. Mm -hmm. Do you have any advice for other kids that are going back to school? What should they know when they're maybe going to a new school or going back to school after having, you know, the summer off? To be nice. <laughs> I like it. That's really great advice. Hey, Arabelle, another question I was wondering is, do you have a school psychologist in your school? I do not know. No, okay. But do you know like what mommy does at work? What do what do you think mommy does if you had to describe it? Uh teach kids. Uh huh. Yeah. That's a really important job. I like it. <laughs> Very cool. Um, so Arabella, let's see, is there anything um, that you're nervous about for second grade? Um, hmm. People being mean to me. Oh. Uh-huh. Have people been mean to you before at school? Not yet. Not yet? That's good. That is good. And and what would you say, if because you're our expert tonight, you're our second grade expert, and you know so much more about second grade than we do right now, um, can you tell us, if you had to tell a teacher what she could do to help kids like you that might be worried about kids being mean or nervous about the first few days of school, what can a teacher do to help kids like you feel okay in school? Um, Talk to them. Talk mm -hmm. to them about how they should behave. Ah, oh, that's really good advice. Yeah, maybe talk about how to be nice and how to be a good friend. Yeah. Good idea. That's important. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you want to share out, Arabelle? While you, while you've got the center stage here, you're our guest of honor. It was that. You love cats. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I'm not surprised. with us. You're welcome. <laughs> we'll see you later. Bye. Good night. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> Thank you guys. No, that was really good advice. It's really important to talk to kids about how to be a good friend. Yeah, how to behave. That was good advice. I know we're getting a little, little bit of sound issues. I'm not picking it up right now, but I think it's okay now. Okay. Um, so, you know, sometimes kids give us some really simple advice. As far as um, anything else, any other comments from our viewers or anything we need to add before we wrap up our podcast? Uh, 
Yeah, no, I haven't seen any comments tonight. I hope everyone's out there barbecuing and having a great time, and they're going to watch it um, later in the week, maybe on their lunch break. <laughs> and feel free later um, in the week, if you do watch it, to comment and let us know how your transition was, if you guys have any tips, because we are all so much better for sharing our little ideas and growing them and expanding them. So I really hope that people will... Join the conversation when they can in any little way. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Okay, and then our next um, our next podcast, we're let's see, we're looking at the twentieth, I guess. Mm -hmm. So um, stay tuned, everybody, when we uh, post some more information on that, and uh, you know we hope to see you there. Yeah, yeah. We, we have some awesome stuff coming up, so I, I hope everybody. Uh, stays tuned and if you can I'm just saying read Scott Barry Kaufman's book Ungifted it's great and um, we can have a really good conversation about it coming up in the future because he will be our guest October um, yeah. 11th so, and we have other awesome guests I'm not, I'm not going to give it all away but I do want to give you time to read that book if you can we can have the awesome book club with the author involved and I think that's like the best kind of book club Mm -hmm. And if anybody has any suggestions for future guests or topics that you would like to see, please post them because uh, we, we like ideas and we want this to be relevant and not just us, you know. Yeah. Saying whatever. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're three sites in three different states, just trying to do the best that we can for kids. So we all work together and we can do a better job. So thank you guys for tuning in and watching and, and good luck and enjoy. Yeah, happy back to school, everybody. Have a great start of the year. <laughs> <laughs>